0: Lord, we ask for your help today to declare and understand your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's question is, is there really only one way to God or heaven? Is there really only one way to God? Is there really only one way to heaven? This question ran in close conjunction in our survey with similar inquiries like why would a loving God allow good people to go to hell and will those who have never had the opportunity to hear the gospel go to hell to answer such questions according to the New Testament is to risk being labeled a bigot or at best narrow-minded which is not completely untrue because we are narrow way minded amen Jesus said, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go by that way. But narrow is the way. Narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life, and there are few who find it. While it may seem to be narrow-minded to believe Jesus is the way, we must ask ourselves, are we looking for popularity, political correctness, and human approval, or are we looking for truth by looking for truth we mean to pursue and discover what jesus and the bible has to say about all important questions especially this one jesus kept this issue simple he clearly said that he was the only way to god and eternal life in fact he was crucified for making such claims he taught that the world was already condemned and that he was their savior out of that condemnation that is for those who would believe in him Is there really only one way? Jesus said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. If you'll check out a story some other time, not this morning, in Numbers 21, it's a story of Israel. They're on their journey from Egypt to the Promised Land, and they had sinned, and God allowed... Snakes to attack their camp. And these snakes had deadly venom. And they were dying like flies. Just falling over dead. Fatal snake bites. And uh, there we go. See you straight. Moses prayed, help God. And God told him what to do. He said, make a snake out of bronze. And put the snake on a pole. And lift it up. And whoever has been bitten will be healed if they will but look to the bronze serpent. And it happened. Here Jesus is comparing himself to the bronze serpent. Bronze is a metal that's symbolic of judgment. John in Revelation saw the throne of God and said his feet were like brass. It's a sign of judgment. In the tabernacle and the temple of Moses, the tabernacle of Moses and the temple of Solomon, the altar, that is the place of judgment where the substitutionary sacrifices were made, that altar was made of brass. The labor of water where uh, blood and water were mixed in the washing of the priests and and the worship rituals instituted by Moses, that was made of brass. Brass is symbolic of judgment. Jesus is not like the snake, but he is the judgment of the snake. That is, the one who led us astray was promised in Genesis 3.16 that he who tempted man to sin would be judged by the seed of the woman. He would bruise his head and the serpent would bruise his heel. Now, we know Jesus was beaten and bruised all over, but one of his heels was specifically bruised on the cross because when you're nailed to a cross with three nails, your feet are crossed and all the weight of your body is on those three nails plus one of your heels. It was a prophetic picture of the coming day when Satan would be judged. That is, Christ destroyed the power of the enemy by removing from him the ability to taunt God's people with the fear of death. And through Christ's resurrection, fear of death is gone. It's now just a transition point for us, looking forward to the day when the last enemy that will be destroyed, which is death itself, when Christ comes back for his church. So Jesus is the judged serpent, or he is the brazen serpent. And he says whoever believes on him will have eternal life. See, death exists in the world, spiritual and physical, because of the original sin that has been brought into the human race. And Christ came and paid that price on the cross. And if we will, will but look to him in faith, believing that what he did on that cross, on that pole, as it were, was for you and I, you will be freed from the penalty that is the snake bite of your sins and mine. He makes it pretty clear. He's the remedy. In the story of the serpent, there in Numbers 21, if they didn't look to the serpent, they had no remedy. He's declaring himself to be the way. To be the remedy. Verse 15. Or 16. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him. Should not perish. But have everlasting life. And we saw last Sunday. That that everlasting life begins. When we believe. It all begins with believing. All the other aspects of the christian life simply follow their acts of faith done because of what the believer believes but our eternal life begins not when we die and not when christ comes back that's when we get new bodies it begins when we believe we shall not perish but have everlasting life we had a memorial service in here yesterday for barbara torres if your family's here may god bless you thank you for coming today you see, John, be sure and comfort him, minister love and hope, encouragement to him. She did not perish. Her body did. Her body, her earth suit, as it were, was no longer inhabitable because of the condition that she suffered with. Her liver we gave out and her kidneys gave out. And so she exited. She's now with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. On this side, she's asleep. But on that side, she has escaped the bondage of time. Amen. And her eternal life did not begin when she died at Baylor All Saints in Fort Worth. Her eternal life began the day she believed. Amen. She was a young woman when John first noticed her singing in the choir. So he joined the choir. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Jesus didn't come to condemn. The world didn't need to be condemned because it already was condemned. The planet's already drowning in sin. If you don't believe it, just watch the news. It's condemned. Destined to be burned one day. He who believes in Him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Is it rude to say that people need to be saved? Not if you're drowning. David Shibley, addressing the subject of universalism, he said, who is more compassionate toward a drowning man? The man on the shore who assures the sinking swimmer that he's okay or the man who jumps in, throws out a lifesaver and pleads with the drowning man to stop trying to save himself and grab the one and only lifesaver that he has. Kindness reaches out and does something about a problem and God has done that. It's not by our works, not by our coming up with our own good ideas. He's made the way. And I know it's offensive because we have a lot of good ideas, do we not? But if he's going to be God, why should he submit to us? He is God. He is the maker. And he made the way for you and I to escape eternal judgment. Is there really only one way? I want to share with you this morning ten Bible ways we know Jesus is the way. Number one, Jesus declared according to the Scriptures that he is the source of life. He told the Pharisees in John 5.39, You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. So Jesus used the Scriptures to defend and proclaim who he was. He was the way to eternal life. Number two, Jesus said that he is the door to salvation. He said in John 10, verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Now, your life may be going on pretty well. And you may not realize that you need to be saved. But the truth is, the planet has been condemned. Wicked people have been condemned. People that are separated from God need to wake up and say, hey, how can I get connected to God? We have this miraculous book called the Bible that we covered in detail to attempt to prove that fact that declares the gospel, that is the good news of Jesus Christ, that we can be saved from judgment that is due the wickedness that is in the world. Some people say, if God's such a loving God, why doesn't He do something about all this wickedness? Because He's given people time to repent. He will deal with the wickedness in due time. Amen. Jesus is a door to salvation from his judgment. Jesus declared himself to be the way to God the Father as well as his being, the Father's visible representation. Turn to John 14. I really want you to see this. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going and how we... How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way. He's talking about heaven, eternal place. And he says, you you already know the way. And Thomas says, how can we know the way? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you will know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said, have I been so long with you, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? The mystery of the Godhead is that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and yet he is one. Jesus is the Son of God, and yet he is also God manifest in the flesh he's eternal and yet he was born he's without ending and yet he died and i rose from the dead it's the mystery of the faith that we embrace and he declared things like this and this is what got him killed simply by speaking the truth the man was killed proclaiming who he was number four Jesus commissioned his followers to preach the need to believe in him. What I'm preaching here today has been commissioned by the Lord. In Mark 16, he ends with these words, Go into all the world and preach the good news to every creature. He who believes, or she who believes, and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will not be saved. uh, Let me start over again. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So a person is drowning, and you throw them a lifesaver, and they reject it, and they drown. Are they drowned because of the water they're drowning in, or are they drowned because they rejected the lifesaver? The world is drowning in sin, the world is already condemned, and God has made the way of escape. So, and if they reject it, are they going to be judged for rejecting the way of escape, or are they judged because they're in a place that's going to be judged? Technically, both would be the answer. Number five. Jesus predicted that repentance and remission of sins would be preached in His name globally. He prophesied it in John 24, Luke 24. That chapter ends with these words. Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. When I travel, just like the rest of you, you see the thousands, tens of thousands of people, the teeming masses, many of whom they may not have heard. And you think, you know, God, maybe you got a second deal going on for people like that. But you read the words of Jesus, His commission is for the whole world. You know, 10,000 people a day in China are becoming believers? 10,000 thousand people a day in china are becoming believers jesus prophesied that the end would not come until the good news of his kingdom is proclaimed in all the earth the whole earth will hear we may see more terrorist attacks in the coming on our own soil like we did this week but don't be dismayed the gospel is going forward the whole world will hear. They can kill the body, but they cannot kill the soul. Amen. If you're a believer, you already have eternal life. If you're facing a great struggle, and it seems like it's the rest of your life. Remember, the problems are temporary. You are not. Sixth reason to believe Jesus is the way He is. He commanded His followers to receive the Holy Spirit, who would empower them to be His witnesses. Around the world. In Acts one eight, he said. You shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me. In Jerusalem. And in Judea. And Samaria. And to the end of the earth. The fact that we're in this room this morning. This many thousands of miles from Jerusalem. Where this promise was made. Proves that this prophecy is still coming. Continuing to become to pass. Number seven, after receiving the Holy Spirit, his followers obeyed him and began preaching Jesus Christ as the way to salvation. So they received the Holy Spirit, and they began to preach the gospel everywhere, starting in Jerusalem, just like he said, spreading out to Judea. And then by Acts 8, they're in Samaria. (laughs) You can see it coming to pass. Peter proclaimed in Acts 4, verse 12, there is neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Can you say that name? Jesus. Jesus. It means save me. God save is what Yeshua, Jesus means. No salvation in any other. Number eight, His followers continue to preach Jesus in spite of their being threatened. In Acts chapter five, they, in Acts chapter four, they'd been warned to stop telling people that they needed to believe in Jesus for eternal life, and they kept right on doing it because we should obey God rather than man. Amen. So they hauled them into court, and the high priest asked them, verse twenty-eight of Acts five, saying, "Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine." and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to His right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are His witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. And when they heard this they were furious and plotted to kill them. But did they stop? No. It's not a message that is subject to convenience or popularity. It's a message that God sent in the form of his son to be proclaimed without throughout all the world. Everybody loves Christmas. Everybody loves Santa Claus. But you take the Christ out of Christmas and you lose the meaning. It's just another event of, of moral decay. Selfish people getting things they don't need, giving things to people who don't need them. It's the giving of the ultimate gift: God giving His Son as the way to salvation. Number nine, I love this. His followers continued to preach Jesus as the way to the point that they became known as being of the way. Now, the early believers were not called Christians until the gospel reached Antioch. So at this point, they were called Nazarenes. Are you you a follower of the Nazarene? But they were also called, are you of the way? Because believing the gospel is to believe that Jesus is the way Saul, who had not yet been saved, was persecuting the church and killing Christians. In Acts 9, he was breathing out threats and murders against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked letters from him to give him authority to go to the synagogues in Damascus, where the gospel was going, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem to uh, prosecute them. If you are a believer in Jesus, you are of the way. There's a new church starting in Granbury. Some leaders were here a couple weeks ago called thewaychurch.tv, I think is the name of it. It's a scriptural name. Number 10. Today, many of Christ's followers continue to declare him as the way around the world just as he commanded, causing his church to grow. This is called evangelical Christianity. That is, those people who believe in Jesus enough to believe that what he said was the truth and that they are to obey his commands. And he commissioned us to preach the good news everywhere. Well, what about, what about, what about? Well, all the what abouts should be the motivation to get about and do the good work. Amen? Amen. Check out this video. The hour is coming when you
1: will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. The hour is coming when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Today, 70% of all Christians live outside North America and Western Europe. Alabad a Jehovah, naciones todas. Pueblos todos, alabadle. Porque ha engrandecido sobre nosotros su misericordia y la verdad de Jehová es para siempre. Aleluya. Praise the Lord, all you nations. The number of Christians in Latin America, Asia and Africa has increased 1,100 percent over the last century. ogame. Zshioi worship the lord all the earth one hundred and seventy four unreached people groups have had a church planted among them since 1996 第一个四集, 都要想念耶和华, 并且归顺他。内活的万族, earth shall remember the Lord. There are an estimated 42,000 missionaries from the non-Western world working today. Many countries are sending more than they are receiving. (laughs) 27,400 people became Christians today. Seigneur, seu où même qui s'admètre, pas bien l'autre. C'est tout bagarre la vie, tout pour un ancien là, mais pour adorer
0: work of Jesus is continuing in our day that work does not involve bombing mosques or burning down temples or tearing down some idol it involves destroying idols and hearts It begins by believing that Jesus is the way to salvation that Jesus is the source of life and that he is God to us if we will but believe in Him and call on Him, the Scriptures say, With the heart we believe, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. starts in the heart, and then it's expressed through the mouth. God loves you. He sent His Son to die for you on a cross to pay the penalties for your sins and mine and the sins of the whole world. That if you will but call on His name, believe in your heart and call on His name to save you, you can be saved from the penalty of your sins and receive the free gift of eternal life today. That is the work of the church. That's what we're about. Following up on that is to become His disciple and begin to follow His teachings and proclaim His good news that I just proclaimed to the world. That's what the church is about. Amen? Amen. It would be arrogant or rude to declare that Jesus Christ is the way to God if it were not true. But if it is true, to say otherwise would be foolish. What is more arrogant, to preach what Jesus preached and commanded or to preach and voice wrong opinions about who he is and was? Is there really only one way? Yes, there is only one way to God in heaven. Jesus declared himself to be the way, the truth, and the life. He is the resurrection and the life, the rock, the chief cornerstone, the stone for a foundation, the rejected rock whom God has chosen and raised up to be made the head of the corner. Yes, I believe we do have the corner on knowing God and eternal life, and his name is Jesus Christ. Well, I don't like this. Listen to what Isaiah had to say about us humans who struggle against God's ways. Isaiah twenty nine sixteen 16 says, Surely you have things turned around. Shall the potter be esteemed as the clay? For shall the thing made say of him who made it, He did not make me? Or shall the thing formed say of him who formed it, He has no understanding? He is God and we are not. Amen? The exclusiveness of the Lord Jesus reflects our understanding of God from the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, he said, look to me, Isaiah forty-five, twenty-two. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Some denominations over the centuries, in an attempt to grow the church, stopped evangelizing the world and embraced a practice called syncretism. Syncretism is to mix idolatry with Christianity. It's not about bodies in the pews. It's about faith in the heart. That He is God and there is no other. All other gods must go and bow down to Him. He didn't come to add to. He came to take over. Amen. Some in the name of compassion are embracing the less offensive message of universalism, which denies the condemnation that Jesus said the world is under and downplays the need for all to believe in him. Under the guise of proclaiming the power of the blood, they say because the blood of Christ has been shed on the earth, the condemnation that is on the earth is no more. Therefore, everybody's going to be saved. If that's true, then why is there such wickedness in the earth? You're not saved by force. You're saved by faith through grace. And that is not of yourself. It is a gift of God. It's not true. As we said earlier, who is more compassionate toward a drowning man? The man on the shore assuring the swimmer that he's not really drowning or the man who jumps in and throws out a lifesaver. All forms of universalism and syncretism are unscriptural and are against the real Jesus. Those who dabble with such theology open themselves up to a deception that kills evangelism, brings an end to world missions, as well as promoting sinful behaviors while denying the supremacy of Christ. A well-known personality on TBN, churches in Tulsa, embraced universalism, I think, 10 years ago. And now he's, all kinds of nonsense going on in his church. He's promoting the wickedness that continues to grow in our world. Either Jesus is the way or there's no hope for any of us. Why would, the next question that we will address just briefly, why would a loving God allow good people to go to hell? He's already made a way through his son for us to escape going to hell. He has done his part. And by the way, none of us are good. None of us are good. In fact, the good ones among us are actually the devious ones (laughs) that hide their wickedness. We have two children. The good child was a devious one. (laughs) The one you couldn't catch. The one that waited to rebel later. We found a fake ID in our garage a couple years ago. Didn't know our good child had another name. (laughs) There's no one good. No, not one. Romans 3 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ, whom God set forth to be the payment for sin. Hallelujah. Next question. Will those who have never heard the gospel go to hell? It's not an easy question. God is a just God. And yet, if we depend on the justice of God to save people, then let's bring all the missionaries home, shut down all the hospitals, and just live self-centered lives because, and try to be good. Because if they hear, then they're responsible. Here's the politically correct thing to say. And yet it's also the truth. So if you ever called on Larry King, you're asked this question. (laughs) According to our understanding of the Bible, there is no guarantee of eternal life outside of believing in Jesus Christ. It is not up to me to say who goes to heaven or hell. I'm just simply to proclaim the goodness of Jesus and the opportunity that is yours to believe. Amen? Sometimes I have to do a funeral for an unbeliever. I don't say this guy's in hell today. Say he's in the hands of a just God. Amen. Well, is there missionary work going on down in hell? There's no scriptures for that. The guarantee is Jesus gave the promise. Believe in me and you will not perish and you will have everlasting life. Amen. Amen. I already did that. Got ahead of myself. Is there really only one way? What about you? Do you know that you have eternal life? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives in me, whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Because he said this, I don't believe there's missionary work going on in hell. Whoever lives in this plane of existence is the opportunity to make your decision, the opportunity to believe in Jesus. If you're alive and you believe in Jesus, you receive the gift of eternal life. If you die, there's no promise to hold to in the Scriptures that says what happens. What about purgatory? Well, that's not located in the Bible. So that became a fundraising venture anyway. (laughs) Mm. Study the life of Luther. Amen. I want to do something unique here. Um, I'm going to have a stand. I'm going to pronounce the blessing. And sisters, you can be disni- dismissed. dismissed. And I'd like to speak to the men uh, briefly. Can we do that? All right, let's stand. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And if you do not know Him, may you allow